0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Heather's podcast, still in lockdown. feel like I'm going to be saying that forever on these podcasts now, um, but I'm going to stick with something that's sort of focused on fitness and nutrition with regards to our experiences right now today. And I kind of wanted to carry on what I started to talk about last week um, with regards to our relationship with food. And talk about shopping during lockdown. Because I've I mean I've obviously noticed I think slight differences perhaps in the way I am eating during lockdown. Um, not necessarily all bad actually. I think the one thing if I if I look at fitness and nutrition as two separate things, um I probably got a handle on my nutrition really, really quickly. Um, and probably better than fitness um, because out of the two I do still think and I've said it lots and lots of times in these podcasts think nutrition is something slightly easier to control right now than your fitness goals necessarily um, but I think that understanding how you eat and how you're eating now and how that's changed to how you normally eat um, will help you kind of work towards your goals. Because if you understand where you're having issues, and more importantly, why you're having issues, it's a lot easier to solve them. Um, You know, if you identify the biggest issue with my diet is I eat biscuits at four o'clock every day. And I don't just eat biscuits, but I eat several packets of biscuits. Like, that's great because you've identified where your issue is with your diet and you can try and find a solution, find a way around that, find a way to not make that an issue. Whether that be eating fewer biscuits or not eating the biscuits or taking calories from somewhere else so that you can still eat the biscuits, but it doesn't have as much of an impact on your calorie intake each day. But understanding what is, is helpful. Understanding why you're doing it and why you're eating it is even more helpful because if you know the trigger that makes you do that every day, um, you can start to work on the things that trigger it. So rather than putting all of the focus on stopping yourself from doing something, you can focus on why you do that thing and looking to make the triggers that make you do that thing not be there, or not be there as often. Um, So it's really important, I think, to understand not just how your eating habits have changed in lockdown, but also why they've changed. And one thing I think, for me, that has had an impact on how I eat is my shopping. Because my shopping habits have changed. And I don't think... I'm the only one out there whose shopping habits have changed during lockdown. Um, And to be fair, probably 80% of those changes have been beyond my control. They've been things that I can't do very much about. And maybe 20, maybe 30% has been to do with my mindset when I go shopping. Um... I've tried to be really sensible, like I tried not to stockpile, um, I won't lie, you know, when I started seeing people stockpiling and I started going to supermarkets, do you remember, if you, I mean it's literally only a few weeks ago, but walking into a supermarket and just seeing empty shelves everywhere and it felt like the end of the world and I'm not going to lie, like the urge at that point to buy pasta if you saw pasta on the shelf or buy toilet or if you saw a toilet roll on the shelf um, or buy tins when you saw a tin. You know, like you see that one solitary tin of chopped tomatoes left on a like completely empty shelf. I mean, the urge to be the one to pick that tin up was real. Uh, I, if anyone says that it wasn't, you are lying as far as I'm concerned because mentally there's just something, there was something about that period of time. It became really hard not to be very aware of what you had in at home. Um, And so I did, I did a little recce. Like, now I'm, I'm weird. Like I said this at the time, it turns out my general shopping habits resemble that of a stockpiler anyway. Um, I've always bought long life milk. Now, I live by myself and I'm not actually a fan of milk. I don't like milk. I wouldn't ever drink milk on its own. So I'll have milk in things. So I'll have milk in drinks. I would make a milkshake or a hot chocolate, but because it's got the chocolate in it. Um, I'll have milk on cereal, but I use it to like wet the cereal and then I drain it off of the spoon. So I'm not a fan of milk. I don't have very much of it and I live by myself. So as such, if I buy a, f- a fresh milk it normally goes off before I finished it. Long life milk lasts longer even once you've opened it and it has the added bonus of you can whack it in the cupboard and just pull out um, a bottle when you need it, Um, like a carton when you need it, as opposed to like specifically buying fresh milk every week. Um, You know, I've always had rice and pasta in Um, and I've always been very big on tins. Tins are great. Like chopped tomatoes, Make a base for pretty much any meal. Like you can make so many things with a few tins of chopped tomatoes. So we always have them in. I like having soup in. I like having beans in, um, especially beans with the little sausages, because they're really good. Beans on toast, soup, sardines on toast, um, are really good like emergency meals. So you know like when you get in at night and you need something quick, like you were gonna cook this or that and you get in and you're like, I am not cooking that and instead of going for a takeaway, beans on toast or sardines on toast or soup, um are just quick meals that are, let's face it, a better for your waistline, your calorie intake than going I'll sod it and ordering a takeaway. Um rice pudding, again, rice pudding is another one of those meals, and I always have rice pudding in my cupboard, because it works, it also works for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, so, so I've already, I've always, I suppose, been the, the kind of person who has those sort of things in as staples anyway, because I was also, I mean, I won't say, it wasn't because I was brought up like it, because at no point as a child do I ever remember, like, not, having food. We always had food. Um, but definitely I think I was a student and I was in my early twenties. Um, I think, you know, you, we all go through periods where potentially towards the end of the month, you like, you're, you're pretty skint, you're pretty poor. Um, and so I've always been of the opinion that it doesn't hurt to have a few days food supplies in long life stuff in your cupboard because you never know, you know, like if you can't get to the shops or if you do get to the end of the month and you are absolutely skint for the last week, um, having things in your freezer and in your cupboard that you can make some basic meals from makes sense to me. And I think it probably makes sense to pretty much anyone who's ever been in a situation financially where it's tight. Um, so, yeah, so I've always kind of shopped, uh, like, very much like a stockpiler, apparently. Um, even toilet roll. Like, I buy the toilet roll. I buy the big 12-packs of toilet roll. I mean, to be fair, I buy the big 12-packs of toilet roll. And normally, that will last me six months. Uh, because I'm never home. Never home. So, like, a toilet roll would last me easily three or four weeks. Because um, I probably go to the toilet at home about two times a day, like when I wake up and before I go to bed, that's about it. Maybe when I get in the door. Um, So so as it turned out, um, and I will point out, another thing with this is I don't drive. So I will normally do a monthly online Asda shop at the start of every month and I'll buy all my stuff. So I'll buy like the amount of tins I think I'll need for a month and I'll buy all the toiletries and all the cleaning stuff that I need for a month. Um, So I kind of um, have had like excess of stuff in. Like I very rarely get down to the last toilet roll and need to go and buy some. I'm quite normally quite kind of like... I'll look in my cupboard and be like, I've got a week's worth of toilet rolls, but I'm buying my shopping for the month. So I buy like another month's worth of toilet rolls or another six months when I get to that point. So, um, so I looked in my cupboards and, um, you know, I actually had probably easily two, three weeks worth of tins, and stuff like if I if I want to get really creative with meals and have like really bonkers meals and be like tonight Matthew I'm having sardines with couscous and baked beans um I, I like I, I was like I'm fine and I had like lots of long life milking um I had lots of squashing um I had like I was actually to be fair getting to the end of the toilet roll. Toilet roll was my biggest issue because I was getting towards the end of my like six month supply so I was getting to the point where I would normally buy a big 12 pack because normally it wouldn't be a problem um but other than toilet roll I was kind of like like pretty set and what I did discover was I had a lot of kitchen roll um like when I was sorting through my cupboard to see if I had any more toilet roll um, what I did find is that I clearly had done that, bought kitchen roll, put it in the cupboard, taken one out, looked in the cupboard, missed the toilet and uh, the kitchen roll, ordered more, put that in the cupboard, taken one out. And I'd probably done that several times apparently because I had like an excess of kitchen roll. Um, so I didn't really need to buy like loads and loads of stuff. Um, but I definitely, I think... When I did see a few things as I was shopping, was kind of like consciously maybe picking up an extra on the odd thing because I think there was that genuine panic. And it's hard not to panic when you see like really empty shelves. Um, it's hard not to think, but, but, but what if they get emptier rather than fuller? And we didn't know. that like, That in our lifetime has never happened. And I say our lifetime... I mean, there potentially is someone listening to this who was alive during the war or just after the war. Like my mum was born in the 50s and she remembers rationing. Rationing was still a thing when she was born in the early 50s. Um, But for the majority of us, we've never been in that situation where you walk into a shop and the the, the shelves are just bare. So it, it kind of, I think, for a lot of people will have sent us into a little bit of a panic, and it's a panic of the unknown, it's a panic of you, we don't know what's going to happen, and so, I mean, I definitely, I think I was a little bit like, okay, right, I need like two tins of beans, I might get three, so it was definitely a little bit, I probably bought extras that I didn't need, which then therefore meant that I had extra food at home, um, and that's not, I mean, that's not a terrible thing because it's all like long life stuff. Um, like I, I, I clearly was not one of those, um, idiots that didn't think enough to think that buying 7,000 eggs might go against them or like five years worth of vegetables because vegetables don't last that long. Um, so, so it's fine. So I have that stuff in the cupboard, but what that dad did, does, did, does mean what that does mean is I had extra food in. And obviously what happened then, subsequently, is queuing started, um they started like rationing how many things you could buy of things. And it settled down. And I think now the majority of people um, aren't being silly with what we buy because now we see that shelves are stocked again. And it seemed, you know... And I think most of us have kind of calmed down, there's less worry because when you do go to the supermarket, you might have to queue for a little bit to get in. Um, I'm actually really lucky where I am, um, it's quite a student orientated area and most students have gone home. So it's actually quite quiet around here and um supermarkets the queues have not been terribly long. Um and the Audi I go to, um and the time I've kind of got like used to going at, um, I rarely have to queue for like more than say three people in front of me and it's like never even hit five minutes through a queue. Um so but since then, um bar the queuing, I think we've all kind of realised you can go and you can get pretty much everything you wanted to get in a shop. So now I'm like buying my normal stuff, but obviously I had all this extra food, so then you've got that kind of well I've got the food and I don't really need to ration the food because I can buy more food so now I've got extra food to eat and it's in the house and I think probably a lot of people would like that a lot of people probably went a little bit panicky and bought extra food and I'm not saying you necessarily stockpiled but you probably just bought like a little bit of extra food and now you've got that extra food to eat and you don't need to eke it out because we can go buy more food And the chances are the food you bought as extras probably isn't the exciting food you actually want to eat. So there's that real urge to just eat it so we can go buy nicer food. Um, And I think that can have an impact on your diet. And it's like the most obvious, I think, first of all, way that our shopping habits changing can have an effect on what and how you eat. How much, especially in that case. Um... Like, going on beyond that, um, as I mentioned before, I normally get an online shop once a month. I do a big, big shop. Like I say, I don't drive. And while I'm in walking distance of an Audi and a Sainsbury's, neither are huge. Um, the is pretty good, to be fair, but doesn't have the biggest frozen food or tin food section. It also doesn't have the biggest toiletry section or cleaning section, actually. It's got a good fresh section. Um... As a result, my preferred way of shopping is to do an online shop at Asda, get all my tins, get all my, like, stuff that doesn't go off, um, ordered once a month for the whole month, and then go to Aldi once so we can get the fresh stuff. I've also got a Sainsbury's, it's not a bad Sainsbury's, again, it's not a huge one, and Sainsbury's is not, I mean, it's not as expensive as it used to be, it used to be one of those, like, really expensive places, like, when I was a student, but it's also not as cheap. And like, realistically, if I was to do the same shop in Sainsbury's than Asda, I'm gonna spend more money. So that's how I do it. You know, I don't have ridiculously um, surplus money every month to go, well, it doesn't really matter how much I spend in the supermarket. It does matter to me how much I spend in the supermarket. So so that's how i Normally, work my shopping like before lockdown, so I've always had like a monthly, um, asda delivery, and then this happened, and I can't get one. Um, and I completely understand the reasons. Um, and I'm not complaining about that. Um, but there is a, I suppose, a socially there's lots of things about this lockdown that I think have highlighted social disparity in life and that lots of people kind of think well that's okay because you can always do this instead and you can get around it in this way and you can get around it in that way and of course these things are always the case if you have the means to do so Um, and it's absolutely I completely agree like they say if you are not of if you're not vulnerable and you don't need to get your food shopping delivered um don't don't take up a delivery slot from somebody who does and i completely and I get that completely, but that also assumes that everybody who is not vulnerable has the means to get shopping in a different way um and I'm certainly able bodied and not vulnerable, so I certainly have the physical capacity to go out and get shopping and and I'm fine with that but I don't have the finances to go out and get shopping locally for the same like the same shopping so if I was to do my whole shop locally week by week instead of online because obviously I can't get it all in one go because I don't drive. And there is absolutely nowhere near there's no Asda near here that's walkable. If I, I could go to Asda, I could go to the nearest ASDA, it would be like a walk, an hour walk there, an hour walk back. Um which probably goes against all the social distancing arguments. And I wouldn't be able to carry that amount of food back. So and I can't really afford to go to the local Sainsbury's which is the only place within walking distance I get all my food for a month so there's so, so you know I mean that like I say there are lots of like I think socio-economic factors that they haven't necessarily considered when they look at um social distancing and helping the vulnerable and so on and so forth um as it is I actually eventually managed to get an online slot. Um, So I've got, so I, so I'm kind of like, I've been kind of like making do, making do, making do. Um, And then I've just done a big, big shop that hopefully will last me like a couple of months just in case of all the big stuff. So, so that's where I've been with shopping. Um, Very erratic way of trying to explain where I'm at with shopping so I've personally then had this issue with I can only carry so much from the shops. There's only so much in I can get in Aldi. I can't get the normal kind of foods that I'd normally buy online or I haven't been able to. I'm going to say next Thursday that will change. Um, and obviously I need to be a little bit more careful with what I buy in terms of how much I spend because I'm really aware that the things I'm buying are more expensive than the things I would normally buy in some cases um which means that I need to potentially buy less in other situations so there's another example of how the way you food shop can have a real impact on what you eat and why um now, then I started to think about it and I was kind of like, at the same time, I'm also not spending money on certain other things. So that gives me a little bit of freedom in what I'm buying in Aldi, like a little bit of, um, pressure off in terms of being able to spend a bit more on the weekly shops there and even going to Sainsbury's where it's things that I need that I potentially know I'm not going to get in Aldi. So some weeks doing an Aldi shop and some weeks doing a Sainsbury's shop, um, and also, taking heed of, they've said go out only when you really need to, but at the same time, they've acknowledged if you don't drive, you might need to go shopping more than once a week, because you can only carry so much stuff, so some weeks I've been doing like, in fact, I only did it once at Audi and De Sainsbury's in the same week, um, but the Sainsbury's queue is long, um, so I've really tried not to do that, um, but there were some things I just could not get in Audi. Um, so I yeah, I suppose that's like a a, a, a a higgledy-piggledy way of saying my food what I'm eating and my food habits is changing because the way I used to shop is currently a way that isn't viable. Um like I say, I've like now got a food order coming next week, but I've had to kind of change my shopping habits. Because there was no particular guarantee I was going to get a food order. Um, so I've also looked at other ways of potentially getting food. So, you know, like you can still order food on things like muscle food. You can still order food via food delivery services. Now, again, this very much depends on your finances. But in as the way we need to shop changes... Equally, the food you get might then change. And that could have a positive impact on your diet. It could have a negative impact on your diet. Um, The other thing that I have done, and I've only just done it. I don't know how it's going to work. I'll be honest with you. Is I've ordered, and it was just by a stroke of luck, um, some pre-packaged meals but they don't need to go in the fridge what do they call them ambient ambient packaged meals um, and I've ordered them because I found them on special offer and I thought right okay I'm going to get them um and I thought they would be a really good tide me over um for when I'm struggling to get online shopping if this goes on for several more months because I think it probably will um so I thought well I'll try this because they were actually like quite a good deal um and actually to be fair, I think if I ate nothing but them, I'd probably end up spending a lot less money and I'd eat fewer Galleries. Um, but I they probably won't just eat them, let's face it. Um but it's made me think outside of the box in how I order food because obviously I'm yeah, you know, I'm faced with a enforced change in the way I shop and therefore I've had to react and look at other ways of shopping and other alternatives. And changing the kind of things I buy when I do go to the shop to accommodate financial restraints. And so that's had an effect on my diet. Now, like I said, I think that's had a positive effect on my diet because I think I'm actually eating probably better um, than I normally would in that sense. Um, But you could find that potentially the changes you made maybe are having less of a positive effect on you but it's aware it's good to be aware of why you're shopping how you're shopping and the changes that is having Um, because at least if you're aware of it if you need to you can try and make adjustments where possible and like I say I mean I knew that the lack of online shopping was not ideal for me and the buying my stuff weekly was definitely getting costlier and costlier And I've been, and like last month, I spent a lot more on food than I normally would. Um, And that's why I looked at the ambient food and I thought, well, actually, do you know what? If I incorporate them regularly into my diet, that's actually going to reduce probably my shopping bill um, a reasonable amount and therefore could be both um, a calorie win and a shopping win. Um, We shall see. But by being aware of the situation and how my shopping habits had changed, I was able to assess where I needed to maybe look at alternatives and then look at them and find ones that were suitable. Um, And then finally, the other thing I've noticed with my shopping that's changed, and it's probably going to sound weird given I just said, like, obviously... I've, I realised I was spending more on food because I was having to go weekly to more local places that were more expensive than Asda. Um, but I was probably spending a lot more on um, chocolate, snacks and alcohol. And the reason for that, I mean, to be fair, Aldi, the one thing I can say about Aldi um. Is, is is very cheap for those things. You know, like if you're going to buy chocolate and alcohol, Aldi's a good place to go. Um, don't go to Sainsbury's. Don't do that. That's not a good place to go. Those things are never cheap in them in Sainsbury's. Um, but because I've been trying to go to the shops like once a week, when I do go to the shop and I think I'll just pick up some chocolate, I pick up more chocolate than I necessarily would have in the past. Now, I've always been a pick up some chocolate world in my weekly shop. So, um I suppose that's why I don't see it as a massive um a massive clash against what I said about my shopping bill going up because the the chocolate would be a normal thing in my basket. But I suppose what I would normally do when it comes to chocolate and treats is I would normally buy some but not too much and then, if I wanted more, physically make myself go and get it at the time. So, so I I know that if I had like a ten pack of Kit Kats in the house, a ten pack of Kit Kats in the house is gonna get eaten as pretty much the weekend it gets bought. So it's a lot. It makes a lot more sense for me to buy a Kit Kat, and then if I really want some more chocolate, go out the next day and get some, because. That's just gonna reduce that's like a like a hack for me, a system for me for keeping myself from letting my calories get out of control. But obviously at the moment, you can't just pop to the co-op and buy a chocolate bar. Or like pop into like the shop on the way home from work and buy a chocolate bar. So when I go to when I go to Audi and do like my once-a-week shop, I'm really, really aware that I need to kind of like stock up enough on that stuff to last me until the next Thursday. So then I find myself buying more chocolate and more alcohol per visit than I previously was. And again, that doesn't help the finances. um, But it also doesn't help the diet. Because me knowing that I'm the kind of person that if it's in the house, I want to eat it. Buying it And then putting it all in the cupboard, just in case. It's kind of like, just in case, you know it's going to go. And so then it's putting a challenge in my way that I normally wouldn't. I would normally make sure that challenge wasn't there to try not to eat it. I just wouldn't give myself the temptation. But because of the social distancing guidelines at the moment and the regulations that are in place and not going out unnecessarily when I do go to the shop I'm like what if what if I might need that I might need that oh do I need that and where I would normally go "Eh, I probably don't need that so I won't get it and if I do I'll just come back and get it I'm like oh might need that yeah I'll get it just in case again not good for the purse but also not necessarily good for the diet on the basis that it then makes me have to rely on my willpower over it just not being there So those are, I suppose, for me, the things I'm very aware of in that how my shopping habits have changed and how my shopping shopping habits changing has affected my eating habits. Um, And like I say, probably not all necessarily for the worse. Um, Certainly I've probably eaten and drunk more in terms of chocolate and alcohol, but I've also probably done really well on the reducing the amount I eat overall throughout the day and reducing my calories down so actually I'm I'm probably pretty much where I was at the start of lockdown in terms of um, I don't know about weight but in terms of how I feel look I don't feel like I've put weight on I don't feel like I've ballooned or bloated or any of that stuff I actually if anything do feel a little bit leaner probably um so it's definitely not all been like, oh my God, these changes in my shopping habits have been bad. They've just been challenging and maybe a little bit stressful at times. And, but, but being aware of them probably is why I feel like I'm in an okay place with my nutrition right now. Um Whereas if I wasn't aware of them, um, it could have sort of like I suppose run away from me, and I might have found actually I was like thinking oh, I've put a little bit of weight on I feel a little bit a little bit heavy, a little bit sluggish, a little bit like I don't really wanna feel like this, so i suppose i'm I suppose I'm leaving this in the same place that I left the last podcast. There's no particular right or wrongs, there really isn't when it comes to your relationship with food, but understanding your relationship with food, because we all have a relationship with food, whether it be good or bad, or a mix. Everyone has a relationship with food. Um, And understanding it, and understanding your triggers, and understanding how certain things affect your relationship with food, and affect what you are eating. So it's not literally simply a case of... I have no willpower when things go wrong, you know, there's all kinds of factors around why you might have eaten something, bought something, or not eaten something, or not bought something, um, and some of them will have positive, and some of them will have negative impacts on, on those decisions, but just having a good idea of, like, why, why you do things, um, Or why you don't do things. Is like the first step to. Being able to take control. A bit more. Because when you understand. Why you have or haven't done something. You can. You can kind of work around that. And make a different decision next time. Or make the decision you wish you'd made at the time. um, Like later on. So. Again, I just really encourage you to kind of be aware of and not even just with food you can do the same with exercise um be aware of where your current position is, how you feel about it, and if you feel okay with it, that's absolutely fine and if you're not quite okay with it, what are you not quite okay with, and why why are you not okay with it, and why are you doing it if you're not okay with it and as soon as that switches on in your head, it becomes so much easier to take control of it. Um, so hopefully, that was a really long podcast. That was so much longer than I expected it to be. Um, hopefully, listening to me moan about shopping, which is probably the most boring topic I've ever talked about, um, has given you some food for thought. Aha, uh-huh, that pun was not intended until I started to say it. Um, Whatever you're doing, have a really nice day, a really nice evening, and hopefully I will speak to you soon.